Unconventional Ag is the industry source to discover how to differentiate products and processes and take advantage of emerging markets related to specialty oilseeds, grains, and their byproducts. Happening in Minneapolis, November 29th and 30th, 2022, this conference is a newly refocused event and news platform featuring innovative and emerging value-added opportunities for farmers, grain handlers, processors, food marketers, startups, equipment, and technology providers, and more. This is the eighth annual conference, previously titled the Organic and Non-GMO Forum. It's expanding to meet industry needs. For more information and to register, visit unconventionalag.com. That's unconventionalag.com. Spotlight. I'm Chrissy Wozniak. I am really excited for today's guest from the industry leader at the forefront of autonomous electric tractors, Monarch Tractor, the maker of the world's first 100% electric driver optional intelligent tractor, who earlier this month received a $3 million grant from the California Energy Commission. My guest is co-founder and president of Monarch Tractor. He has over a decade of experience leading manufacturing organizations and has developed over 16 million square feet of manufacturing space. He's previously served for and with such companies as Tesla, Toyota, Zooks, and Romeo Power Technology. From San Francisco, California, I would like to welcome Mark Schwager. Welcome, Mark, and thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So first of all, tell me a bit about your background. Your manufacturing experience is really, really impressive. Uh, thanks. Um, so I got started in, um, you know, a, a more low-tech product uh, early in my career in my 20s when I got the opportunity to run a, a door hardware factory um, in New York City, um, basically making brass fittings for doors, doorknobs, hinges, things like that. Uh, all of that was pre-recession, and then uh, went to business school in the recession. Came out and learned uh, learned about a tiny little company trying to make electric cars in, in Palo Alto. Uh, so came to Tesla, um, worked on the Roadster line, the Toyota program, uh, which was a Tesla Toyota collaboration. Uh, worked on the Model S and X factory, um, led the Gigafactory project in Nevada. Um, then uh, left left Tesla and joined Zooks, led their manufacturing and supply chain team, um, then went back to building battery factories, uh, worked with the two founders of Northvolt, um, who are building a gigafactory in Sweden, and then also built a battery pack uh, factory in Los Angeles with Romeo Power, all before starting Monarch about four four years ago. Wow. Wow. That, that's incredible. And Monarch Tractor is is really leading the pack when it comes to this electronic or electric autonomous tractors. So tell me about Monarch and how the company has come this far and really so fast. You know, I think it I think the speed is really something that all of us founders have learned in, in our history. So I've gotten to learn from some of the best when it comes to uh, technology development and speed to manufacturing, uh, working with companies like Tesla. Uh, my two co-founders, Praveen and Zachary, both um, worked and basically built um, an engineering services company that was basically industry best um, in uh, speed to develop hardware prototypes and even into the kind of dozens of units for a number of different Silicon Valley startups, 
uh, LA startups, a lot of automotive companies, the real hardware work was actually done by them. So we've kind of all learned this in our past. And then we've brought this collective experience into Monarch. And we've been very, very financially efficient and very um, time efficient with um, developing our tractor. So we've been able to essentially develop a new iteration of our tractor every year since we started the company. And that's why we've been able to get to production so quickly. Yeah, that's that's really, really unbelievable. <clears throat> so let's talk about the tractor. What are some highlights of the MKV? It's electric and driver, driver optional. And what about horsepower and torque? Yeah, so it's um, it's a 40 horsepower continuous tractor. That's the class that we would put it in. But because it's electric, uh, we have the ability to peak out at about 70 horsepower on the tractor. Um, uh, with respect to torque, it's got about double the torque that you would have on a diesel tractor just because of the efficiency of the electric drivetrain. Um, one of the other interesting things is that it's a single motor architecture, which limits the cost, but also ensures that we can have maximum power at any of the output points, whether it's the PTO, the wheels, or the primary hydraulic pump. So how does it compare to diesel tractors? I know there's a lot of different comparison points, but what are some of the highlights? So I think one of the most important things is that it's both electric and has the autonomy capabilities. Um, on a diesel tractor, if you were to automate, you would still need a lot of electrical infrastructure. Um, so um, Monarch's tractor kind of makes that system a whole lot more efficient. I think one of the other things, if you look at a 40 horsepower tractor, you will not find anybody else who's even attempted to make the entire system by wire. Uh, what that means is we don't have a mechanical connection to the steering wheel or to the throttle or any of the hydraulic controls. It's all electronic. And if you look at a traditional tractor, you'll find as many as 11 or 14 levers on that tractor that actually do all of those functions. We control all of that electronically. So that's actually what enables the platform to be automatable from the cloud. Wow. So it's really quite a bit different. And some of the similar things is that whether you have a battery or you have a, a, a gas tank with diesel, you get about the same runtime with our tractor as you would with the diesel. You can bring a nurse truck out to the middle of the field to refuel the tractor, just like you can bring a swappable battery, which is one of the unique things about our tractor is that we recognize that farmers may need 24 by 7 operations. So our battery for most medium duty operations will last 8 to 10 hours. Uh, but if the farmer needs to work 24-7, you can swap the battery with a single person on uneven ground in seven minutes or less. Wow. And what's charge time on the battery? Charge time, recognizing that farmers don't have DC fast chargers nor the infrastructure to support it, charge mm -hmm. time is about five hours. Okay. Oh, that's 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 pretty good, actually. And uh, I was in... Yeah, for the size of battery, it is it is very good. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually surprised by that. Um, and I was in Fresno for the uh, FEAR conference last month, and uh, I got to see the MKV in action. So one thing that I thought was really cool was its ability to follow the driver around when he was on foot. And uh, it could recognize him but and differentiate between him and other people. So that's incredible technology. How does that work? And what are some, some on-farm uses for that? So one of the um, one of the on farm uses for that in particular is that if you're out surveying the field and you want the tractor to come with you, um, you can jump off the tractor and have the tractor follow you. For example, we can see this in harvest. 
um, the hauling operation. So let's say you're harvesting a fruit or a grape or something like that. What you typically would have to do to move the harvest hauling vehicle is jump on, jump off, jump on, jump off. Or you can just set it to this mode and it can follow the person down the field while the picking is going on. So the value is really in the continuous automation operations for the farmer. This is just one of those. It's cool to see, uh, but the the real value is in the dirty, dangerous, and dull jobs that the, the tractor has to do that are ultimately repeatable. Um, so this is just one of those additional things that farmers will like just because it will be challenging for a farmer to do the jump on, jump off. And we see this actually with attaching implements as well. There is the jump on, jump off, jump on, jump off, align the implement, which we can do completely automated. Yeah, that's that's so cool. And it also captures and analyzes data as it goes. So tell me about that. Yeah, one of the key features is that we can analyze crop data while we're adding value to the farm. So there are lots of companies out there that just have surveying vehicles. For example, uh, you have the 30,000 foot view with the drones that actually capture the crop views from above, uh, but you're paying just for data collection if you're a farmer. Uh, similarly, there are rovers that are kind of little vehicles that traverse the rows and go up and down and collect agronomy data. But again, you're just paying for data collection. In our particular case, the farmer is paying for an automated operation and gets the benefit of collecting the agronomy data as it goes. So we've got a number of different data collection points and we have an open architecture. So if, uh, for example, a farmer wants to add a sensor like a hyperspectral camera to collect additional data, it can be bolted onto our system. So really the, the benefits for the farmer on the data collection side are huge just because you're not paying for purpose runs for, for data collection and because you're on every single pass, you know, for example, if you're doing mowing or spraying eight to 10 times a year, you're collecting that data on every pass basically for free. And does it integrate with mobile devices? Absolutely. We have a, a Monarch app um, uh, where you can not only check the cameras uh, if uh, if an operation has to stop, you can also essentially set um, set operations from the phone and monitor the operations from the phone. So uh, we're completely digitized here. Yeah, that's so cool. And clearly the tractor solves some labor shortages on that farms are seeing right now. So realistically, how much labor can the tractor supplement? So it can do most of the um, most of the significant operations that happen over and over during the year. So when we think about our early customers with vineyards, we can automate the mowing, the spraying, the hauling, the undervine cultivation. Um, we can't, you know, we'll we'll have to work with specific implement partners for things like pruning or if we want the kind of hand harvesting, that's not something that the tractor can do um, all by itself. That would require an implement partnership. But basically anything a tractor does that is repetitive, we can we can we can automate. And the thing is we've gone through a lot of trouble to put a seat and a steering wheel on the tractor. It doesn't actually have to look that way. Um, it's it's something that we've done deliberately and we've added a lot of cost to the vehicle to make sure that for the one-off utility operations that the farmer needs to do, yeah. um, they can jump in the tractor and drive it just like they would any other tractor. It's actually safer than um, a traditional tractor because of all of the electronic guardrails that we put on it. So we have 
technology that prevents rollovers, that shuts down the PTO. If anything comes in the vision window that we have, we have a camera pointed at the PTO. Um, and then, of course, anti-collision uh, technology as well. Amazing. And uh, so also at the FEAR show, I needed to, um, I was at the Monarch booth and I needed to plug in my equipment for an interview. And I was able to plug right into the tractor to run my computer and my sound equipment. Uh, so it said that the tractor works as a mini generator during times of electric power failure or the grid is down. And so how is that possible? Yeah, so it's always been uh, part of our ethos to have exportable power as part of our, our solution. So we've installed 110 and 220 outs. Um, so to make sure that, let's say, for example, electrical infrastructure is down in the middle of the field and you need to operate a stationary engine or uh, for a pump for, for water for irrigation, you can drive the tractor over. Um, plug it in and do those sort of things. If you need to weld up a broken implement in the middle of the field, you can plug into a tractor and do that. So we were thinking about these sort of utility functions that were essentially necessary. Um, one of the add-on benefits is that in today's vernacular, it's a, a rolling power wall. So you get the opportunities that with a uh, public safety uh, power shutdown, as they have here in California. Um, if you do need to power a, a home, or if you're in a vineyard and you're actually going through um, your not um, not your harvest, but your um, winemaking operation, you need power to be able to circulate the wine. And um, my my co-founder Carlo will will tell this better, but essentially he calls it a, a push down and pump over when you actually circulate the wine through the system. Hmm. Um, that happens in the fall and the fall is fire season. And if that happens uh, while the operation is going down, you could lose your crop in the actual winery rather than just in the field. So it's really important that we have this power continuity. We see the tractor as a big repository for power on the farm going forward. Today, the infrastructure is all built around diesel. And so you have diesel generators, diesel tanks, uh, but uh, we see the opportunity to bring um, the electrification as an ecosystem with this, the tractor being the center of it, both as a uh, power storage device, as well as, of course, a work device. Yeah, that's really neat. Uh, the um, changing gears a little bit. So the Monarch Tractor and its uh, farm electrif electrification consortium partners have received a $3 million grant from the California Energy Commission. So what is this grant for and why is it so important? Yeah, this is really um, about that electrification system and ecosystem. Um, and we've got a number of great partners uh, between Grid Tractor, uh, Rhombus Energy Solutions, Current Ways, Polaris Energy, Energy Services. Um, really, the exportable power needs to be able to go back to the grid. Um, and what this is all about is making sure that you have that bi-directional infrastructure in place and the technologies there to support it on the, on the rural side. You have a lot of this today in the commercial and industrial space with respect to um, exportable power. And a lot of different power companies have different programs that allow you to sell that um, back to the grid. Uh, but it's really important that we develop the technology for the rural infrastructure. So that's really why we're doing this. Wow. And um, one thing that I really appreciated at FIRA uh, was the openness to share and collaborate on innovation, to see, you know, 
different companies that even maybe competitors just really sit down at the table and and talk and be open. It was really refreshing. So who are the partners involved in this and and why like is that very important to have this this partnership? You know, on um on and I, I you're asking about the CC um grant partners. Yeah. So Currentways, for example, is a, a manufacturer of a uh, what we would call an onboard charger. Um, when I say charger, you usually think about the cable that plugs into uh, into the vehicle. But what we have is power electronics on board the tractor that we also call a charger that makes that power conversion possible from AC to DC so that it can um, essentially charge the battery from an AC source. With DC fast charging, you don't need the charger. It sort of bypasses it. So that piece of, of infrastructure is really important. Then there is the, when when you when I say charger, you probably think of the thing that plugs in, that we call the EVSE, um, which is um, another portion of this uh, partnership. Then Grid Tractor is developing um, a technology that will essentially fleet manage the um, electrical load across a, a group of vehicles in the rural sphere. So you have a lot of this already going on for on-road vehicles and management of fleets, but Grid Tractor is the first to really jump in and uh, uh, tackle the uh, the off-road rural space. So it's a really interesting group of partners that uh, that we're pulling together. Yeah, that's that's so cool. And California produces around a third of the nation's vegetables, uh, around two-thirds of fruit and nuts. So electrical grid failures, as you've said before, can be catastrophic for growers. Uh, at all points in the supply chain. So this grant will no doubt further the technology to keep the production going despite whatever is happening in the grid. Uh, what what do you think is real of like a realistic expectation from the project? And so what will we see coming out on the other side that you are most excited about? I'm most excited about the technology development um, yeah. and finding the right economic solution for the farmers. Yeah. So that they can really invest in this and build the, I would call energy security, uh, local localized energy security for the farmer. I think um, when it comes to public public safety power shutdowns, they're the forgotten entity in in the equation. Really, this is about uh, PGE making sure that they aren't responsible for a massive wildfire, and so they take extra precaution, but. There is collateral damage in doing that, and the farmer suffers from that. Yeah. Uh, what we want is to make sure that farmers can pave a uh, pave the way for their own energy security, potentially off the grid. The one thing that farmers have that um, really nobody else has the same access to is land. So the possibility exists with all of the government stimulus for them to install solar um, and be able to localize their power generation so that they are secure. I believe, I mean, we've looked at the numbers. It's extremely economically viable, um, but it is it is a, a step away from what they've been doing so far. Um, with diesel in crisis right now in our country, I believe we have 25 days of diesel um, and uh, the prices are prices are jumping 25% week over week. Um, it's really time to take a look at this and secure our future when it comes to um, power infrastructure. Right. And what's the price point of one of these tractors? So right now you can purchase one of our tractors for 
um, with the California incentives um, through the core program, the net to farmer is just about fifteen or twenty thousand um, dollars. Mm-hmm. That's fair. So there are massive um, uh, state uh, um, benefits to, to buying an electric tractor right now, and farmers should really take advantage of it. Um, this actually puts the price point below uh, a, a diesel tractor if you can even get your hands on one uh, right now. Yeah. So um, in in other states, they won't have that benefit just yet, but we're hoping that other states follow suit. California has been an incredible leader when it comes to stimulating these technologies and what California does, the world echoes five to 10 years later. Yeah. And, and I have one last question for you. Why do you serve the agriculture industry and what's your greatest passion? So I've, I've, I've worked in factories for my entire career, um, and I've been in electrification and automated vehicles for the last 12. I think what um, what's really interesting to me about the agriculture field is that when Praveen and I first started talking about uh, building this company about five, six years ago, um, I started researching farms and coming from a manufacturing environment um, and and career, I looked at the farm uh, probably more simply than it really is. I look as a, at it as a factory for food. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been around, I've been fortunate to be around um, a lot of technology development in factories and understand the way that factories of the future are being built with the technologies that they have. And when I went into the farm for the first time, I kind of realized that they didn't have any of that. They didn't have the infrastructure, the methodology, the technologies. And um, I think I thought it was a travesty, to be honest with you. Um, They should, because essentially that's what they're doing. And if we can bring that kind of manufacturing discipline and bring the technologies, for example, we've had robots in factories since the 80s. Um, why don't we have that in, in the farm if we're doing literally the same thing, uh, just mm-hmm. cultivating food? Um, so that to me was the biggest opportunity. And the second was um, when I looked across the, uh, the entire space after building electric vehicles for you know over a decade, I realized that there was nothing out there. And so um, to bring electrification to a new industry is just a continuation of the mission I've been on since you know, 2010. And uh, I wanted to continue that. I think the car and on-road industry is well on its way, but bringing it to a new space was just a new challenge, new opportunity, definitely headwinds in the space. But I think what's great about farmers uh, versus all other um, types of, of customers is farmers will be very, very clear about what their problems are, how you can solve them. And if you can, they will buy your product because ultimately it's a moneymaker for them. And so I see it more simply as the economics of the farm really feed into the technologies we're developing. And if they didn't, it just wouldn't work. And so we don't have the sustainability for the feel-good sustainability sake. We actually have sustainability because it's actually more economically viable for the farmer. And um, farmers basically have have told us that, and we've uh, responded with the technology development that's going to underpin their economics first and aid sustainability as a secondary effect. Right. So I, I really love that about this space. With cars, electrification really just doesn't pay off for over the long term. Um, it's because of the electrification and the automation that we can 
have the effect on sustainability because we can really adjust the economics. Yeah. Yeah. That's, those are great points. And uh, even at Vera, a lot of the discussions were, you know, you'd have over here, the universities going, look at all these cool things we can make. And then you'd see the people in the business of profit <laughs> going, well, that doesn't entirely, is, is that going to benefit farmers? And I, I really liked watching that back and forth between the idea people and then the, does this make sense? And I thought that was, that was really incredible, but yeah, if it doesn't, if it doesn't, create profit margin for the manufacturer and the, the farmer, you know, what's the point? But of course, it's always good to have the the innovators out there thinking up cool things too. Exactly. I mean, without the innovation, we, you know, we wouldn't be able to come up with as, as compelling technologies. And there have to be people who are looking out for one particular thing. I think that's what one of the really special things about our founding team is that we all bring different perspectives to the table. But ultimately, we're here because we want to see an industry um, become much more economically viable than it is today. Um, I'm sure you're aware that uh, the government subsidizes to an incredible dollar value on an annual basis. Um, we think that if we can infuse this technology into the farm, um, we can do a lot to um, to help farmers generate profits on their own. Yeah, that's great. In an already razor thin market. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so anything is welcome, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me, Chris. Yeah. And thanks to all who are watching or listening. If you want to learn more, the links are provided in the show notes. And I also want to let you know that Monarch Tractor has big news coming next week. So stay tuned to North American Egg to find out. And don't forget to subscribe to North American Egg Spotlight YouTube, Rumble, Telegram, or Eggfuse channels. And the podcast is available on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And have a great day. Thanks so much for listening to today's Egg Spotlight episode, where we put the spotlight on people and companies doing great things for the agricultural industry. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, or on your favorite podcasting platform and give us a five-star review. You can also follow us on YouTube and Rumble to see the video version of Egg Spotlight. Also, head on over to NorthAmericanAg.com to subscribe to our Industry Connect update newsletter. If you're interested in advertising opportunities, email us at connect at NorthAmericanAg.com. Thanks for listening. Our newest podcast by North American Ag is called What Color Is Your Tractor? The stories behind the ag brands you love and the ag brands you love to hate. Hosted by me, Chrissy Wozniak. We take a deep dive into the companies that have built modern agriculture. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Go to whatcolorisyourtractor.com. Available on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Fastline Auctions, the ultimate destination for online farm equipment auctions. Looking to list equipment? Fastline Auctions knows farmers, and farmers have trusted Fastline for their equipment needs for over 45 years. With unmatched digital reach and direct-to-farmer catalogs, they can find the right buyer for your equipment. Not to mention, they have the industry's lowest commission rates. And if you're looking for equipment to buy... You can bid with confidence, no buyer premiums, no reserves, just integrity. Fastline Auctions, your trusted platform.
for hassle-free, cost-effective farm equipment auctions. Visit FastLine.com for more information. You can join us for a tour of the FastLine Auctions platform July 13th at 6.30 p.m. To register for this webinar, go to NorthAmericanAg.com slash FastLine hyphen webinar. That's NorthAmericanAg.com slash FastLine hyphen webinar to register now.